The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Hey, this is Matthew Winslow. It's not Steve Noble, but Steve Noble is my guest today. Hey, say hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be like that. Come on. So, Hi, Matthew. Yeah, so if you guys notice the title, it's the Matthew Winslow Show. Um, glad to have you here, Steve. Excited to be part of the show. You have your own logo now. <laughs> I just asked for it, and it happens. It's you know? right there on the TV, right here in the studio. That's Ooh. right. Now, I don't have a Matthew Winslow coffee cup for you, but we'll work on that. Yeah, we'll have, we'll, you next thing you know, come in here, redecorate, you know. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have Ford posters all over the place. You oh, know, so, yeah. great. Yeah, Must, Mustangs and trucks would be great. Really, this was a really bad yeah, idea. It is, yeah. okay. I'm going to have my own walk-on music, everything. <laughs> it's going to be great. So, everybody, thanks for joining us today. Uh, so, I was talking with Steve, and uh, I had a good idea. You know, I, you guys hear pieces and parts. You tune in off and on, and you've been with Steve for a long time. And those of you who have been long-time listeners and Support Steve, know his history and his background, but I was thinking, I, I was listening to his show, and I thought it'd be nice if we could go through and kind of just have some background information on Steve, how he got here, where he came from, uh, what his plans are, and uh, kind of wrap it up into one show. And uh, Steve uh, uh, graciously said, hey, that's a great idea. And then uh, also I show up, and they put my name on the screen, and they turned the show over to me. So if it's if it bombs, it's Steve's fault. If it's great, uh, it's my great. It's, it's well, all you. That's right, right on me. Right. So, well, it is the Matthew Winslow show. The so Matthew Winslow show. That's right. So, it's your problem now. It, and if I can't talk us off the air, right, Steve might have to jump in and speak a few minutes. So, and if we, that doesn't go well, we're gonna or, bla- not, or not. We're I gonna might bla- just watch you flame out. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'll be fine. I'm gonna blame Josh, the guy behind the glass, or either way. So, all right. So we'll, let's get going. All right. Sure. So real quick, where are you from originally? Like, like you, you woke up, you were born here, and you raised here, and then you moved to where? I was born in Westlaco, Texas. Where is that? About five miles from the border near Brownsville. Oh. Way down oh, in the Oh, okay, yeah. You're, Way down there. Yeah, that's where, the, um, that's where the port is, and they bring in the tankers and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> it's, it's, not a fun place. Yeah, not, yeah. not a fun place. Mm-hmm. But that was it. But that was my first, <clears throat> not even quite a year. Because I've lived in eight states. Okay. So, that was Texas... Virginia, uh, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, then Maryland, then Michigan, then Illinois, outside of Chicago, then Columbus, Ohio, and then Raleigh. But Raleigh since 97. Okay, so Raleigh since 97. And you met Gina where? We went to the same high school together in Chicago. She was a year behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have enough time to get into all of that, but but there was a, I was in soccer, track, and band, so I really didn't fit in anything. She was in this choral singing dancing group called Expressions. This was Buffalo Grove High School in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh-huh. She was a year behind me. I dated a bunch of girls that she knew, but I didn't date her until <laughs> after we both finished college. I saved the best for last. But, okay, yeah. But so, yeah, we like my senior year post-prom breakfast was at her parents' house. I'm guessing she was waiting for you to grow up a little bit before she started dating you, huh? And not be such a scumbag. Oh. There were a couple things. Oh, I was going to be nice about she, it. I was going to say that. Yeah. She had no. She had no interest in me. Yeah. Early on, and then when we had our first date, that bombed. We call it affectionately. Uh, don't be offended, everybody. The date from hell. Uh-huh. Because when we went out to have dinner, 
I was this was we were both had just graduated college. I was exactly the guy that she remembered from high school. Oh, Steve. Which was like no bueno. Uh and so that 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 blew up and then months went by and then we actually went out and uh I hadn't slept the night before so I was relaxed and <laughs> we had a great time and <laughs> we fell in love quick and then I moved to Columbus and then she came out there about a year later and we got married. Oh, nice. All right. Well, good. So it turned out fine. But neither of one of us were believers. We were both lost at the time. Yeah, I was kind of getting it. So you, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I, sure. I, I'm going to follow up that here a little bit. So you moved from Columbus to North Carolina, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you started your painting business. Right. Uh, what did it look like? Uh, that, it was called Collegiate House Painters at the time because when I worked in college, we were talking about that before the show started. Uh, I worked, It was a very entrepreneurial company. I was a very entrepreneurial person. And so I, I rose up the ranks quickly in college and then was going to do that. About a year after I graduated, I went, I went back and worked there. So <clears throat> I, was, I was always driven by that. And Columbus, Ohio became an option for me uh, to take over the region out there. So that was Columbus and Cleveland, added Dayton and Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Uh, but, yeah, that was all, all kind of college days. And, and uh, I was raised by a pragmatic member of the greatest generation. So you're going to have – Pretty good morals, mm-hmm. uh, but a great work ethic, and that's that's paid dividends ever since. Did you make good money? Yeah, when I was in college, uh, my kids asked me this question not that long ago, so we figured out in today's dollars. In today's dollars, I was making about thirty thousand dollars a summer, which the only reason, okay. the only way you could do that in the eighties was either by selling drugs, selling books, or being in the student house painting world. And I was in the student house painting okay, world. Yeah. So when we moved here and started the business, I, I started by hiring all college students so I was down at NC State and uh, we grew quickly the second year I had like 10 crews of five guys on each crew out there in, in Raleigh painting and then discovered uh, the Hispanic workforce and then well, changed also, it I didn't realize that you had gotten that big because uh, by the time that I got to know you really well you were kind of winding down yeah I was I was God sold it out from underneath us in May of 2011 and and the way you described it it was like you're putting on your your painter's cap and and your yeah I your never did that overalls and <clears throat> People you know, would occasionally ask yeah. me on a quote when I was out giving a price. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, hey, so Steve, do you do the painting? And I would say, only when Mrs. Noble tells me to. But no, you're not going <laughs> to see me out here swinging a brush. I mean, I painted really yeah. for one, a little more than one summer when I was in college and then just got into sales and management quickly. So, yeah, we were one of the largest in the Triangle area. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was more professional and, and better run than what most people were used to. So you think you had a... Did you have the same big personality back then would help you with sales and with your business? And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I've always been obnoxious that way. Yeah. I didn't say that. I know. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, you're in the painting business. It's growing. Uh, you're doing pretty well. The triangles are starting to blow up about that time. We're really starting to catch on. People are knowing, you know, they know where we're at. They're finding us. And uh, the painting business is growing up. And then uh, you step in and God uh, strikes a little bit. Or uh, that was, Gina, uh, Gina jumps in. No, or, it was 2000 and. Uh, Kind of how it, how did I get down this road? You mean is that what you're? Well, how, how did things change well, from just Steve well, the painter? Well, I mean, we, there are a lot of people that are in the secular world. They're very good at their job. They're, yeah, they're, they take good care of their customers. They do everything they're supposed to do, but they do it from the secular version uh, to take care of and run a business. Other people do the same thing, but they do it from their you know the religious side. Mm-hmm. So well, we hear the music coming up. We'll, we'll we'll jump into that in just a minute. Yeah, um, but. Uh, I'm very curious to see how 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 God jumped into your life right in the middle of your success of being a painting. Yeah, that, that's so. going to start with 9/11. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yep. so we got a date on. It. That's good. So, all right, Steve, we're we're at 4:13:40. So you how about, do we talk? This you got about four seconds. About four seconds. So this is the Matthew Winslow show hosting uh, Steve Noble. Thank you so much.
Are we on? All right, this is Matthew Winslow and the Matthew Winslow Show. I'm hosting today, and uh, Steve Noble is my guest. Steve, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> All right, so we're back on the air. Let's talk about um, where we left off. So 9-11. 9-11. Uh, you're a painter. You're successful. you got 10 crews. You're all over the place making lots of money, and then what happens? I was making good money, I would say. I was okay. making lots of money. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm trying to condense this. So 2001, we started going to Bailey Baptist Church um, up in North Raleigh here in town. Why? Uh, because we had some friends that went there. We were at Providence when we first came here. When Gene and I got saved in Columbus, Ohio, we were married in 92, saved in 94. We both had a musical background. And so we went to a really big church that uh, a former pastor and his wife were instrumental in us coming to faith, especially Gina. And so we went to that church. They had a full orchestra, and that was kind of our background. So that felt okay, comfortable. Yeah. Then we moved here. We're like, okay, is there, a, is there a church in town that has like that kind of a music program? Mm-hmm. At the time, it was Providence, Providence Baptist Church. And then we did a, a parenting thing, raising uh, kids God's way with the Ezos, which is a whole other topic. But then we had a, we met some people on that, and, mm-hmm. and they invited us to Bayleaf, so we ended up going over there. Uh, but 9-11 happened, and within a couple of months, I was at Ground Zero. Um, we had raised money with a guy that used to work for me. We painted a bunch of houses, uh, didn't charge the homeowner any. Or, or we did, the guys worked for free. Sherman Williams gave us the paint for free. And the homeowner paid the regular price. So we raised uh, several thousand dollars to give away uh, to a widow. And so I was able to spend some time on the phone and that, that sales thing, starting with Giuliani's office, the mayor's office. Okay. And found a firefighter who died. He was a probie. He died that day going into the, the hotel at the base of the North Tower. His wife had their daughter uh, three days later on September 14th. And so we, I, I was able to get to her. So I went up there. We were going up to Philly to see my sister and her family. And just a rain, God just opened the doors. And so I spent the whole day downtown with firefighters out in, the, out in Brooklyn. I was at Ground Zero. We went to that mom's house in, 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 in Queens, which was devastating and just nasty and hard to deal with. Uh, I didn't talk to anybody that day about Jesus. I, I, I was still pretty young in my faith. But that, that was the first time, Matthew, I, I think that I exerted a bunch of effort to do something for somebody not named Noble. Mm-hmm. And that, that, changed me so now i'm like listen we just look what we look, look what we just pulled off here and i i probably didn't give god enough credit at the time uh and so that kind of awakened in me um a desire to be something other than a normal pew potato mm-hmm. the next year i went to we did uh experiencing god the study at bayleaf i went to kenya <laughs> okay on a mission trip. Yeah. And then 2004, as I mentioned, we had a visiting pastor, Mark Harris, who actually ran for Senate and ran yep. for the House and stuff, right. came to Bayleaf. And Saturday night, he preached a message about the state of the culture. And Sunday morning, I put a little card on the altar that said to be more outspoken for God's truth in the public arena. Three weeks later, <laughs> Mike Regan in my class, the, my Sunday school class that I taught was a Raleigh City Councilman. And he needed some support down at the Raleigh City Council to fight something, homosexual agenda kind of thing. And so me and another buddy got together, a bunch of homeschoolers and other people. We walked into the Raleigh City Council chambers with 350 people. Um, that was in March of 2004. Lost the vote, but I spoke out that day, mm-hmm. and it was kind of crazy. And then we started to organize. I was at the North Carolina Family Policy Council three weeks later. Did it feel natural, or did you have to push? I felt natural. Yeah, like I've you- never had a problem standing up in front of groups. I mm-hmm. come from a, a pretty aggressive family, and— communication and 
beating each other up was the norm. That was like our love language. So that, I've never really had a problem with that. that that's how it was our during table too. We, right? We, yeah, you've talked call, about that. Let's call it open conversations. What we had naturally. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. In Star Wars, they would call it aggressive negotiations, like negotiations <laughs> right. with a lightsaber. Uh, and so that's when Call to Action was born. Yeah. That was 2004, and we just started going after everything. And then radio came along. It wasn't my idea. It was the Epperson's idea. Big Stu Epperson started Salem. He just passed away a couple weeks ago. But he and his son, Little Stu, who owns uh, Truth Radio here in Raleigh, just said, Steve, you should be on the radio. Because okay. they had heard me speak. Yeah. Uh, and I was an activist. And I'm like, well, that's nice. I'm like, you don't just get on the radio. But, well, in Christian radio, you just buy your way Yeah, on. but but were you focused activism? or, or did? Or well, did, I was still was running my house painting company at the time. So well, I was doing everything. It was I, crazy. I, I guess what I'm saying, were you focused on, on one single mission, or were you kind of whatever at the time was in front of you chased? Uh, we were all over the map. Okay. So whether it was voting guides or getting involved in an election or going after the Wake County school system or going after the YMCA, going after the News and Observer, whatever. I mean, stuff yeah. in the school system, new yep. age teaching, whatever. If people told us about it because I'm such an aggressive person. I'm an yeah. entrepreneur like you are. I'm like, okay, let's go. So the culture war, you have no lack of targets. And so we just ran from one thing to the next. What, was Gina on board? Did she go with you? Was she encouraging it? Or was she thinking you lost your mind? In the first year and a half, I think it was hard for her because I was out and doing all kinds of stuff. And I was in the media a lot. And she's just back home homeschooling our kids. Uh, and, and there were a few years there where she longed for that simplicity, which I understood. But she could tell that, that it was clear that God was doing something. There were too many things happening too quickly. And then and then with radio again, which wasn't my idea. And then God selling the business kind of out from underneath us in May of 2011. It was just. How, how, how from underneath you? I had to try. I tried to sell it in 2007. So, you well, you've been around here for a while. Remember the oh, Harvest yeah. Crusade with Greg Laurie? That oh, was yeah. the summer of 07. Yep, so, that, so I was the main guy on that. And that was the first. So we took this political activism machine and then turned it from the culture war to evangelism, <clears throat> which is when God really kind of showed me that my heart was all screwed up because I was more concerned about seeing uh, uh, saving America than seeing Americans saved. And that and God did this major work in me during that. But I forgot about evangelism and, and I was all wrapped up in the culture war, which breeds self-righteousness and self-righteousness is addictive. And so coming out of that. Uh, is when the radio stuff came up. And at that point, I was like, okay, uh, there's a big K kingdom here, which overshadows the little K kingdom, even just the state of the nation. And so all those things started to change. But in 2007, during that whole process, I'm like, I need to sell the business and go full-time in this ministry. <clears throat> and that, and we tried, and it went nowhere. But there was one guy we talked to, 2007. 2011, he calls me at the beginning of May and says, hey, Steve, it's Don. Uh, Perrin, and uh, I don't know if you remember me. I talked to you about buying your business well, several years ago. 2007, things were going like crazy. 2011. Eight, and 2008, we, a crash. Yeah, 2011, we're just trying to come get, back out. That's right, come back out. It so lasts, he's like, hey, yeah. listen, I'm done working for so-and-so. Either I'm going to start my own or buy yours. And I said, okay, well, let's meet. We met on Panera on a Monday, talked to a business guy on Wednesday, shook hands on a Friday. Three weeks later, we met at the lawyer's office. He cut us a check, and we were out. Okay. Boom. And so that was another one of those things like radio, which wasn't my idea. You know this. You're a type A guy. Mm -hmm. If I see something, I'm like, that needs to be done. I'll just go do it. That doesn't mean that the Lord wants me to do it, but I can just go do stuff like that. Uh, but in this case, I wasn't I – my hands were off. Right. So we said, okay, we're going to sell the business. It was a house painting company. It wasn't Red Hat. So we're good till the end of the year, and then we're hosed. Then we're about $3,000 a month short and this is on our budget. What month? 2011, May 30th. Okay. We sold it. So we're and, six uh, month, five, six months in. 
And, right. uh, and, and of course, when you sell your business of any size, you go to Disney. So we were in Disney course, that yeah, fall, yeah. like October. And the guys at Harvest with Greg Laurie called me. Literally, we're on the ferry coming back across one of the little lakes at Disney to go get in the car at night. And they're talking to me about this Harvest America thing, simulcasting a crusade, and would I be willing to uh, work with them and start building that out in North Carolina? And, and uh, I said, how much time, how much money? <clears throat> and the amount of money they wanted to pay me as a consultant was the hole in our budget. Okay. And so I said to Gina... There's a little bit of travel. She's like, you love the Harvest guys. I'm like, yeah. She goes, what are you asking me for? I said, okay. And I said to John, the number two guy, I'm in. Good for you. In January, God covered our budget. All right. That's awesome. Well, look, this is Matthew Winslow on the Matthew Winslow Show. I've got Steve Noble here as my guest. Uh, we have about uh, three, four more seconds i got to fill with time before it's over with. So thanks for joining us. Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I changed over time. All right. All right, you got this. Uh, this is the Matthew Winslow Show. If you guys look at the title, you'll see I'm here with Steve Noble. Uh, thank you, Josh, so much for putting it up for us. He did it like in two and a half minutes. We walked up in the show, surprises <laughs> both. So, thank you for being on the show. And uh, today, uh, my my guest is Steve Noble. Thanks for being on the show, Steve. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. So we're talking about uh, Steve's background, how he got to where he is here today. Uh, I, it's a fascinating story, it really is. I mean, we all you look back and you see God's life in us mm-hmm. and where He's put us. You know, I had. Uh, I had someone share with me one time that, you know, you only see God gives you enough light and a lantern, you know, just to see the few steps in front of you. But you look back and it's like one of those big million white, you know, that's a great flashlights. That's and you can see analogy. where you came from and you go, oh, that's why God did that. Right. And so it, it's tough at times and sometimes there's joy and sometimes. But we, we you know, it's nice. We look back and see where God's mm-hmm. done for us. Yeah. Amen. And you've had a very interesting life to get where you're at. So before we, before we got off uh, on, on the break, we were talking about. Um, what were we talking about? Nine eleven, nine eleven. How you got to where you at? You on the show? You did Harvest. It filled in uh, January. Got you one more month down the road. <laughs> and uh, did you have the Steve Noble sh- show yet at the time? Uh, November eleventh of two thousand seven. Okay, that was the first Saturday I went on the air. That was called to action this week because it was just weekly. Mm-hmm. Did that for three years. Then I got out the air out of frustration, kind of like trying to sell my business. Right. I'm like, this isn't going anywhere. I'm you, done doing this. I went. I took a I took a mission trip to Thailand. I came back. I dumped everything. I was off the radio two weeks later. I was in a bunch of men's ministry stuff. I, I stopped everything. I stopped teaching. I stopped everything. Did uh, you were trying to get syndicated too, right? In other states, that didn't happen until later. Okay, all right. <clears throat> but I was on serious satellite radio and stuff. I mean, I had pretty good presence for a little house painter dude in Raleigh, but mm-hmm. but I, I it wasn't going. I didn't think it was going where I wanted it to go. So I literally dumped everything, and then about three months later. Little Stu, who owns Truth Radio, uh, calls me up and he's like, "We got to get you back on the air." And I said, "I'm not, ba- I'm not buying airtime at the time." And he goes, "I think there's a way around that." And I'm like, "All right, what are you talking about?" He goes, "My slots open or, or the four to five p.m. slot daily. Saturdays I can do in my sleep. Daily takes a little more work." So you, oh, you were just once a week before for three years. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. But yeah. those are Saturdays. It's yeah. a sacrifice. But, but then he's like daily. But like you said this earlier. God kind of made me for this. Mm-hmm. So when he said daily, I'm like, ooh, what time? Four to five. I said, I think I can keep running my house painting business and do a radio show from four to five. So I said yes. So that was the end of February 2011, and I've been daily ever since. Oh, wow. But that's that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so uh, and Gina's long for the ride. The kids are long for the ride the whole time? Yeah. They, 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 are they encouraging they you? They didn't know any better. It's interesting to talk to them now. Right. Because they're how old now? 
They're adults. Hayden's t- just turned 28. Yep. Got married in March. She's in San Francisco. Amelia's 25. She's in Manhattan. Clay's 22. He's in town. Caroline's 18. She's heading off to college uh, a week from Saturday. But uh, I was moving at such a high rate of speed, and I was so busy, and Gina was doing such a good job of just taking care of the kids and homeschooling. Speakers, who gives you coffee? Who allows you to have coffee? Uh, that should be taken out. Not the authorities. Off the list, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I, and, and I was caught up in it all. So I think I was, and I've str- and when I when I teach now, like in all my classes, mm-hmm. and, and I spoke at a bunch of homeschool conventions earlier this year. I, I tell them I teach and I speak out of a lot of pain, and and what I consider to be uh, some failures as a father. So I was a pontificator. I wasn't a good listener, mm-hmm. and I thought my example uh, would be enough to drive my kids to be in the Play-Doh machine and turn out just like me. So so we've learned a lot and gone through a lot as a family as a result of that. But my, my kids all know the Lord and love the Lord, and, and they're all in their journeys at various places. But it, I think it was hard on my family. And I didn't know this till later, like when kids would find out, oh, who's your dad? And I, I always underplay this. Right. I, I never, I'm like, not that many people know me. It's not a big deal. And so for my kids, when they, oh, your dad's Steve Noble. And there's a little weight to that yeah. because of who I am and what I've done. And like, they're supposed to be just like me. And this might shock you, but all four of our kids are strong-willed. No, come on. <laughs> so they're going to cut their own path. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, so that was they, they got a double challenge. dose from their parents. There were some challenges yeah. there but, that I didn't really understand until kind of after, as they yeah. were growing up. And then we've had t- conversations about it, and I mean, it's it, God is good, but yeah, it was, I think it was kind of hard on them. You think you were a good father, good husband? I think I I think I tried pretty hard. Um, I think I led by example in a lot of ways, but didn't lead enough by. I'll tell you how wicked I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would we tried to do the whole uh, family devotional stuff. Oh right? yeah, and my kids just are not going to sit still. I remember saying to them one time, Matthew, I was so mad. I said, you know what, you guys, people would pay me to do this. I said that to my own kids, and I look back at that. I'm so ashamed of that, but it was just a whirlwind and a lot of things happening in a very short period of time, and I was yeah. very busy. You should um, you should appreciate me, right? My, yeah, yeah. My, my kids know I love them, yeah, and know I would die for them, and we have a great family. But those were those were challenging years, probably six or seven or eight of them. Yeah. Any struggles with you and Gina in that time period? Not really. We're both we both come from pragmatic families, mm-hmm. and so she would just suck it up. I mean, if she was yeah. upset with my schedule, she wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, and I wasn't going to ask. So, but we weren't. We've always been. We're playing off the same sheet of music. I mean, we were lost when we got married. We were saved within weeks of one another in 94, and we're playing off the same sheet of music. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're both pursuing the Lord, and, and if that means there's sacrifices involved in that, if we believe the Lord's calling us to it, then we just do it. And so we were kind of united that way, even though it was, I think, challenging from time to time. But she never, like, complained or got upset. How did you uh, – jump around a little bit. How did you get – how did you start mending – not mending, but how did you start – combining uh, politics and religion into your show, was it just natural or was That it? was just natural. Okay. <clears throat> I, had, I had a strong enough biblical worldview early on, mostly from teaching because I taught adult Bibles, Bible study, uh, that that's how I look at politics. I just have a really operational biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk to me about music, construction, painting, politics, movies, whatever. That's all going to come through a biblical worldview. And then talking about it is natural for me. So nothing was really – 
you, like, got, how do I do this? I don't know. I just have. Right. And so you're going, you're, you start the show. Um, kids are getting older. Um, you, the show's starting to grow, getting a good audience. Then you decide, oh, I want to go to a seminary. <laughs> Why? People would ask me all the time because I was, as a pew potato, as a, as a layman, I was, I was pretty advanced knowledge-wise uh, from a theological perspective. And people, are you a pastor? Are you in seminary? And I'm right. like, no, no, no. And then somebody said, you should probably go to seminary because now I'm out there talking about mm-hmm. this stuff all the time. And I met with the head of the ethics program at Southeastern, Dr. Dan Heimbach. And I sat down with him. He's pretty intense. He's worked in the Bush 41 White House uh, Naval grad, Naval Academy grad. And I said, well, Dr. Heimbach, I, I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of activism stuff. I don't know if you know anything about me. And he just stops me. He goes, yes, Steve, I've been following you. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. And I said, so people told me I should probably be out here. And he's like, yes, you're at the tip of the spear. You need to be out here. Right. And you need to be in the ethics program. Mm-hmm. And you need to get a master's degree. I'm like, okay. And eight years later, I walked across the stage at Southeastern and got my degree. Uh, you, you made it happen, so that's good. <clears throat> yeah, that was – Danny Aiken, the president, used to laugh at me all the time. If oh, I yeah. gave him garbage on the air, mm-hmm. he would say, when are you going to finish that degree? And like, oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Your reminder. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, I mean it, it's, it's a challenge for anybody in their adult life to try to finish any degree, much less with a demanding adult life. So, I mean, yeah, eight, eight years is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you've you got a business to run and a family yeah. to lead, and you're a representative. What, was you know, it there's worth There's a lot of irons in the fire. Was it worth it? The degree? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's one of the classes I teach now. Uh, at the seminary? Christian ethics, no, with my high school students. Oh, the high school students. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, totally worth it. Yeah, still right. is. Well, you, you're, you're, you're jumping my next uh, conversation Go. here. Um, what, uh, all right, so you're, you're, naturally, you're a natural teacher anyway. I mean, you, you enjoy it. You like sharing mm-hmm. the knowledge. You know, there are people that read and they soak in the information and they're able to, you know, keep it and retain it. There's other people that like to share it. And you obviously wouldn't like to share it, right? <laughs> or, or vomit it out. Oh, yeah. I, I was being kind. I was being kind. You know, and so you started uh, Noble U, right? Uh, when did you start that? Well, teaching started in 2011. But the only way I was going to grow beyond the amount of students I could get here locally in the Raleigh area mm-hmm. uh, was to go online. And to go online, now you got to now you got to brand it. Hold now it's got to be called something. So you, so Gina was doing the homeschooling and teaching the kids. She did all the hard work teaching the kids. And you said, you know what? I think I'm going to do I that. I taught other people's kids, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. But my, our two oldest, Hayden and Amelia, were in my very first civics class. Okay. Uh, with 25 students. And that yeah. was 11, 12 years ago now. And, and that wasn't my idea either. That was Gina's idea on one other yeah. homeschool mom that my, said, you should be teaching a government class. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, my, my son took your class. Yeah. Yeah. When, as a, as an as an add on because he was already a regular student, I made him do it. He, you know, I was like, you got you got to hear from a different perspective. He, yeah, and he he's like, Dad, I already know this stuff. Already. Anybody I, I other got, than yeah. Dad? Yeah, other than my dad. I got the yeah. same issue at my house. Yeah, yeah. And it's I, funny. I was like, just just listen to it. He's gonna learn a different perspective. You know, maybe you learn something you didn't already know. And he's like, Dad, I can get like an eighty eight already. I have to study if I. It's fine. I'm like, son, come on, put put some effort to it. You can do it. You know, so but, just yeah. listen in when you have time. Yeah, and he did. I mean, I mean you know, I, I I think any amount of time that. Any student spends uh, as I go through this stuff because I'm a pretty passionate teacher. They're going to get something out of it, yeah. and they're going to. And it's infinitely more than nothing. Mm-hmm. Zero, anything is infinitely more than nothing. So, I was glad he was there. Where, um, where do you see going next? Where do you see that? Do you have a? Do you have a, a big picture? Where do you think that? Uh, the well, we'll, we'll jump on that. We're we'll we got the break coming up. But I want you to think about, you know, five, ten years where you see yourself, that kind of thing. So. Uh, again, this is Matthew Winslow on the Matthew Winslow Show. And i got Steve Noble here as my guest. And thanks, everybody, for joining us.
All right, guys, you're here with Matthew Winslow, and Steve Noble is my guest today. He's uh, kind enough to let me host the show, and uh, I'm having fun. I hope he is. Uh, we're just I'm talking too much. Sorry. No, I don't think so. You're doing a great job. So, um, All right, so we're going to talk about future plans mm-hmm. uh, five years, ten years from now. You and I, I, we've chatted a little bit about this, but I think, you mm-hmm. know, and you, sh- you talk on the show, but uh, main question is, um, I, I got two things. Uh, first thing is, is, why do you hate Dolly Parton and tell me why you're wrong? I don't hate Dolly Parton. I just poked a bunch of holes in her faith. <laughs> just but public stuff. So I don't hate her. Uh-huh. Uh, but when the whole world's clamoring around her and, and, saying, and thinking she's like uh, a good role model for Christianity or for Christian worldview. And then once I started listening to that podcast, that was one of the biggest oh, podcasts yeah. in America that oh, year. Yeah. I'm like, there's some serious holes here. Now, I know there's a lot of pressure on somebody like Dolly Parton because she runs in a big world. Uh, but to me, when I was doing that podcast, who is this SOB? Uh, super outspoken Baptist, by the way. So all you people need to repent. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting because there's some things about Dolly yeah. Parton's stated faith that a lot of Americans won't pick up on. They won't realize that she had some positions that were definitely not biblical. So I'm going to take advantage of that and her to talk about a bigger message, which was what is what is Christianity anyway? That's you why get, I did it. Not get, because I hate your, I, your idol there. I'm just – Hey, you got me to listen to it, so it worked, right? <laughs> right, see, it yeah, worked, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you were not happy. Yeah. Leave, I, I leave would, Dolly Parton I alone. Say that. I was just saying that you were unnecessarily harsh. That's right. all I was yeah, saying. I guess. So. Okay, well, I have that problem. All right, we'll, we'll leave that one aside. That okay. was just, that's just fun. Uh, you have an unhealthy <laughs> obsession with Star Wars. Um, you do realize they— Wow, the judgment in this place. <laughs> see, it's tough on that side, isn't it? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, unhealthy obsession with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you don't even like when people touch your stuff. I get that. Yeah, that's why, that's why after you hosted last time, uh-huh. and I came in here and some of the little Star Wars figures were not where they were supposed to be. You do realize that's just a big rip off of Dune, right? Oh, this show can't end fast enough. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> Dune. That, Dune's Dude, less offensive uh-huh. than saying Star Trek or something. Uh, I, I, that's fine. Whatever. You're young. Okay, you don't know I'll, any better. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I just wanted to point that out. I was just all curious right, where it was coming from. Yeah. That was all. All right. So your we'll, show, do it. You yeah, want we'll, we'll, we'll move from there. Okay. Look, Hey, guys. Pay attention. Steve can't talk right now. He he is absolutely speechless. Not sure what to say. It's probably because he wants to kick me, but that's all right. So I'm good. All right, let's talk about future plans. Yeah. Uh, five, ten years from now, where do you see yourself? Do you, do you sit down and plot it out? Or are you kind of just waiting to see what's going to happen? What were you doing? Uh, about two years ago, uh, uh, just a dear Christian brother that we wanted to be on the board, we met him out for a breakfast. And he was asking me the, kind of a similar mm-hmm. question. I said, well, don't be surprised if three or four or five years down the road from now I'm not on the radio. And I'm just focusing on, on my teaching. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he goes, okay, I'm, i got to disagree with you there. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. Why? He goes, because my, I had taught his son. So he's like, I know that what you do on the radio shows up in the classroom, and they actually have a relationship with one another. And because you're on the radio five days a week, you have to stay on top of the breaking news and what's going on not only in the country but in the world. And all that stuff goes into the classroom, and that's how you, that's how you can uh, – help these students understand the value of the information and the, and the, and the course load actually applies to real life today. So you, you can't not be on the radio because that's going to affect how you teach. <clears throat> and I hadn't seen that. And I'm, like, and I'm like, you're right. Yeah, you're hired. Point. You're yeah. on the board now. So I, 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 I can't see not being on the radio. I love being on the radio, but the weight of uh, my heart is mostly in the classroom now. Because somebody asked me this, Matthew, like a year ago. Maybe at one of our fundraisers or something. They said, so, Steve, what do you really focus on in terms of the next, uh, like this year, next year, in terms of legislation? And I said, I think the legislation I'm mostly focused on is 20, 30, and 40 years from now. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? I said, because our generation is not talking to this generation. There's not a lot of good teachers out there. Right. There's not a lot of good biblical worldview teachers out there. There's very few good biblical worldview teachers out there t- talking about these huge subjects through a biblical lens that are effective in the classroom and also have a daily talk radio show. That, there's just not a lot of that out there. I know what I'm good at, and I know what I st- I'm stink at. So I stay away from the stuff I stink at, and I lean into the stuff I'm good at, mm-hmm. and I'm good in the classroom. So I'll do that till God kills me. I'll go as long as I have breath and keep teaching. Talk- and how big? I mean, I would like to add other teachers at some point, yeah. teaching different subjects, but all things that can help uh, young people, high school people, teenagers who are growing up in Christian homes and make a profession of faith, most of them anyway. To learn how to navigate this world that you and I can't relate to because this world wasn't like this when we were 15 and 16 and 17 mm-hmm. and like this thing, this yeah. iPhone that I'm holding up or this MacBook next to us. And, and, and that's our posterity. And I, I feel a heavy weight of obligation to engage that. And I love doing it. I mean, why wouldn't I do it? I love it. And I've seen God move. I've got 210 students starting in a week and a half right now. I had 160 last year. That's so it's going to keep growing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll teach as many as God gives me. Because truthfully, I think there's a void. Mm-hmm. And when you start to feel a void, you know, it, it, it starts to pick up. Yeah. And you used the word vacuum earlier. I think it's going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll really start to grow. Now, uh, Tucker Carlson finds out I'm hosting a show today. And uh, he says. <laughs> and <laughs> Why would he even know that? No, no. He, he's like, wow, this, this show is amazing. And uh, I need that Steve Noble guy. Mm-hmm. And he picks up phone and he calls it and says, hey, I'd like for you to be on one of my new shows I'm creating in my new network and all sort of kind of stuff. Yeah. Would you jump on it? Sure. All right. There you go. Show's because over. that's a, because he'll have a big, he'll have a huge audience. Yeah. Most of that audience will consider themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. Most of them, statistically speaking, probably are not. And so I'm going to go in there and that's what I'm, that's what I would be there for. I, I, it would be, I would be hard pressed to turn down an opportunity to bring a gospel Bible centered message to mm-hmm. an audience. Christian radio or non, I don't care. That's like Paul. I've become all things to all men, but, but by God's grace, I might win some. Yeah. You can put me just about anywhere. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, so, so the, I guess to, to summarize it, though, but you, you think you see your place as growing your ministry through the school and continue the radio mm-hmm. and, and seeing where God leads mm-hmm. you. Yeah, radio, I'm not going to put uh, uh, effort or money into growing it. Okay. I don't feel called to do that. Uh, but I'm going to put money and effort into growing Noble U and reaching more and more students. I'm really not limited there. Yeah. Because <clears throat> once you're online— I mean, you gotta, you gotta. I'll have to hire people to help grade all that stuff. But I could have five thousand students. That doesn't change. I need to teach in-person classes here in town. My classes change every year because the news changes. But it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether I'm talking to five thousand people or five. Yeah, it's the same. When I'm generating that content, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. You know what's funny though is that I, I bet you that. Prior to COVID, you have a much harder time growing that audience. Mm-hmm. Now, after COVID, it's more generally accepted yep. to be online learning than you were before. And back to that vacuum thing, I shared this with you yesterday. I haven't had a chance to talk about it on the air. I was on Steve Dace's show yesterday for 20 right. minutes with a dad and two of his sons that took one of my online classes last year. Uh, so many people responded. 1,400 people tried to get on my website in about five minutes. The 14,000, they're pressing the button to try to get in there. Uh, crashed my website. Yeah. And then, fortunately, I gave out the text truth to 66866 on the show. So I had like 350 and climbing. And, and when I told Steve that, he's like, that's an amazing response. Yeah. And he's got a big show. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm supposed to go on Eric Metaxas' show here in the next couple of weeks. And, and so there's a huge vacuum out there. And all I need to do, Gina's been telling me this for years. She's like, Steve, 
whatever you want to grow, uh, like with the homeschooling thing, just you have to speak. If you speak, people get it. Right. If it's just an ad, they're not going to get it. But if they hear you speak, they'll get it. You know, the truth is, is you really have not pushed it and marketed it. I mean, no. you have just bore just starting to word of mouth. Yeah, right. Growing a little bit, I guess. Practice a little bit on on your your, your guinea programming. Pigs. Yeah, sure. guinea pigs, right? Um, so anytime you're ready to jump into that, we'll, we'll we'll press a gas. Oh yeah, I'm I'm totally yeah. I mean, there are significant people like yourself and others that see the potential. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I need people like that around me because I'm I'm so busy running on the track. Yeah. That I'm not often looking down the road. And that's why I need people around me like you and, and praise the Lord for you uh, to say, okay, this, this needs to go. And I, and I, I saw that yesterday with Days. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like uh, Legacy Box. You ever heard of them? You send them all your old pictures and videos. Oh, and they, and they put it on digital. Yeah. So they oh, were yeah. just these two guys in a garage in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where my sister Kathy lives and her husband. Oh, wow. And they went on Rush. Yep. Now, they had to spend a boatload of money to get there. Mm-hmm. But once they got there and they went on Rush, oh, yeah. now they're everywhere. And and I think that's what's going to happen with this. All right. It well, just takes that first push and a little bit of money. We're going to pray that God puts you in the right place Amen. for the right time, you know, and help it. Because, I mean, the what you're teaching is what's not being taught in schools. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. You have opportunity to get in front of uh, young men and women that mm-hmm. aren't necessarily exposed to it. And if parents care at all, they're going to say, you know what? I'd like to have Steve, you know, teach at least civics or some yeah. type of. Uh, now you got four yeah. classes to choose from. Yeah, that, oh, and yeah. That, this is one of the lessons I've learned with our own kids and with others. And I've, I talked about this at homeschool conventions. I'm like, listen, just don't don't be fooled. Right. Just because your son and daughter are growing up in a Christian home with conservative parents and going to a good church, don't assume that's a Play-Doh machine. And when they're 25, they're going to think exactly what you think, and they're going to they're going to have this really rock solid biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. You've got this programming them at the same time, yeah. the digital world. So you've got another operating system being built inside of your kid that you're not mostly aware of because it's over the course of 10 or 12 years. Your son and daughter is not aware of it. But once they get out of the house, then those things start to come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, but my kids go to private Christian school. I'm like, so what? I'm, I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure they're not getting this level of teaching and current application. That's why I say I teach in real time. Yeah. When you're talking about today's world, it's very difficult for parents because we're trying to – everything moves so quickly. Oh, we, we are trying to move along with it, mm-hmm. and we're going to drop some things. Yep. It, we it, all do. Yeah, it really is. And so – and even then, you know, back in the day it was like don't do drugs, you know, don't drive fast. <laughs> you know, and now it's a whole nother level. I mean, you know. whole so, nother but, level. That's 50 seconds you have to play with. Right I can't here. believe that. I mean, I, I can't believe how fast the show has gone by. This is amazing. It's See, frustrating, isn't it? Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love doing this. Yeah. I mean, I – I, it took me years to change the name of the show to the Steve Noble Show because yeah. I don't really like the focus. But you, hopefully people are inspired by something yeah. in the story and at least give glory to God yeah. as much as we can anyway. Well, today you're on the Matthew Winslow Show, and you've done a great job. I appreciate you you, you being a, a great guest. With your own logo. Now, look, I'll have you anytime, okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm open the doors to you, all right? And all you got to do kind. all you got to do is ask, and I'll be, I'll be happy to have you on the show. I really appreciate that. Yeah, That's very kind of Because, I mean, you, you do a great job filling in time for us, <laughs> you know? You have a great voice for the show. You know what? You should do radio. You really should. I'll think about it. I'll pray about that. You'll pray on it? Yeah. Now you're out of time. All right. Well, thank you so much. Everybody have a good day, and this is uh, the Steve Noble Show. All right, guys. Another program powered by the Truth Network.